Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 300. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off Road Andy. Hello. And Tony Katz. Yes, hello. Thanks for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our our entertainment podcast right after this. This is our sports podcast, so let's kick things off. And uh, how about we talk about some baseball? There were some signings. Uh, One of your boys is leaving your team, Andy, to go to the Cubs, I saw. Yeah, and I do want to talk about that, but I forgot to uh, mention this before. Uh, Just a quick little 300 celebration. Woo! Um, I want to talk about the number 300 in sports and what what it means. I was trying to think, is 300 a a big deal? Um, in sports at all. Um, there were some people who signed $300 million contracts uh, in the last week, so that's a big deal. But um, 300 passing touchdowns, this used to be a big deal. There are um, 13 or 14 people who have done it in the NFL. Tony, you know who the last person, the most recent person to do it is? To throw 300 touchdowns? Yeah, don't, don't look at the list. Most recent. I will tell it. He is tied with a player. He currently plays for that player's historical team to give you a, a hint <laughs> he currently plays oh so, russell wilson yes russell oh. wilson 300 touchdowns john away 300 touchdowns they've okay. thrown the same amount of touchdowns uh in their career hey so, man he uh, played there as well he did yeah. he's thrown so a lot of touchdowns three guys that have played actually uh was yeah. seeing something last night they were talking about on the monday night football game how tom brady is alone in the 600 club yeah. And they talked about all these Hall of Famers combined that don't even have 600 yeah, that's, combined. That's the point I was making is 300 used to be a big deal. And now it's like Andy Dalton's going to get to 300 if he keeps starting. Like yeah, Matt Ryan has 380. Uh, yeah. So there's um, seven people or eight people in the 400 club. Uh, the most oh, recent so entry is a. Russell Wilson must have just got there. He must have got there not yesterday yeah, or not this week because they didn't score a I goddamn mean, it's, touchdown. It's but. possible to say it could have been a long time ago he got there, to be honest, the way they've played. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you see Kirk Cousins and Andy Dalton at 241. I'm actually surprised John Elway only threw 300 exactly. Yeah, like back in the day, like a 25 touchdown season was Yeah, you, was you great, handed so. off more. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, so there's all these guys like Joe Montana, Dan Fouts. Yeah, like you said, Andy Dalton right there on the list. Yeah. 28th all-time, which is kind of crazy to think Yeah, <laughs> that he's in the top 30 in all-time touchdown passes. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then I also want to look at where else do you think of 300 in sports? Baseball, game. right? Yes. So career wins. Oh my god, the internet died on me. Yeah, I was always told before we wouldn't even get three hundred wins ever again. Um, we're not. So let's see. How was many the people... last person like Tom Glavin or no? It was Randy Johnson? Twenty three people have had three hundred wins in baseball, and yeah, Tom Glavin. Um, I believe uh, what's his name? Clemens, Maddox, Randy Johnson. Those are the recent players who've done it. Let's see who's who's uh, the current leader. I think I know who it is. Yes, definitely. Um, this guy's still playing. Yeah, he won't do it. And uh, he's signed for two more years. Will he get there? <laughs> Probably not. 244 wins for Justin yeah, Berlander. I don't think he can get 56 um, wins in two seasons. That would be impressive. That yeah, would break he's, some he's records. 40 years old. Um, it's We'll probably never see it again. So next after that is Zach Grinke, who's probably retired. I don't know if I've heard if he's officially retired. Oh, he's 38. Yeah, he's got to be. Not going to happen. Uh, Max Scherzer, 201 wins. Close. No. Kershaw, not close. Kershaw, Wainwright. These are all old guys. It's just, it's a different game. It's it a is. different game. So, well, um, well, that's my little thing about 300. I don't know. Is 300 
goals in anything in, in hockey? Probably well, I mean, not. plenty. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's Wayne Gretzky's got like a million I, yeah. goals. I'm just trying to think of what's hitting 300 is a big deal in, in yeah. baseball, but not as much anymore. We don't care as much about uh, batting average. But um, yeah, let's just segue into $300 million in a contract. Uh, that is what Trey Turner got from the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, 11 years, $300 million. Um, interesting as reported today, the Padres offered him $342 million, uh, which would be $1 million more than Francisco Lindor got last offseason, um, which is intentional. They wanted to make him the highest paid shortstop ever. Um, interesting about that is the Padres have a shortstop, right? Uh, what's, yeah. what's going on there? Yeah, uh, no, I, I heard that today too, and they were just saying that it just goes to show that everybody's just – after the big guys, they don't even care. They would have just made it work. They would have thrown one of those guys somewhere. And it also helps now, remember, that the National League, everybody gets a DH now. Yes. So that makes it more flexible. In yeah, your especially when you're giving these guys 11-year deals when they're going to be 38 years old, you might need them to play DH at that point. Um, Trey Turner is kind of – he's passable at shortstop, but he's got some problems, not perfect. Um, so I wouldn't even – That's what I also him. heard about with it with Trey Turner is they talked about how like one of his – he's a five-tool player – and one of his biggest assets, though, is, or if not his biggest, is his speed. And they talked about, like, when you sign a guy like that, you're going to have to hope he's kind of like a Ricky Henderson. And by the time he's 40, he's still able to steal, you know, 30, 40 bases in a season. But it's difficult to do. Yeah. But Trey Turner, I feel like he's one of those guys that maybe he could. But a lot can happen between now and 11 years from now. I'm sorry. I've still got this uh, baseball leaderboard up, and I have to bring this up. <laughs> do you know who the uh, the fifth all-time leader in wins is in, in Major League history? Well, I wouldn't, but I mean, I'm seeing the name right now, but I definitely would not have. No, I've never heard of this guy in my life. You want to know why I've never heard of from him, Sean? Because he fought in the Civil War. Oh, wow. <laughs> he made his debut in 1875. Well, good for him. Yeah. His still still around. Pud Galvin. He's the bench coach right now. for the. No, Wait, okay. doesn't he he's own not, a Chevy he's dealership? Around. He's not still around because they actually <laughs> tell you where he's buried. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I'm pretty yeah. sure there's oh, a Chevy shit. dealership named after him. He, he <laughs> died at the age of 45, so he was like one of the oldest men. On the- yeah. <laughs> God damn, that's it's too bad. Died in 1902. Um, yeah, baseball has been around for a long time. It's it's pretty wacky. Um, but yeah, the Phillies getting Trey Turner. This was like called before the season even began, not the off season, like before this season began. That Trey Turner wanted to go back east. Uh, probably wasn't going to go back with the Nationals because they were not going to give out a big contract. So the Phillies seemed like the the natural spot. I mean, the Mets have spent a lot of money and they have Lindor. Um, so yeah, they ended up they called it right going back. Uh, probably never really gave much consideration to the Dodgers. Dodgers don't want to give out any more ten year long deals. So um, yeah, Dodgers will get a get that draft pick I think now. So that's nice. Um, the next big big contract was Jacob Degrom. Leaving the Mets, going to the Rangers, who have given out a lot of big contracts lately. Um, five years, 185 million. Degrom is 34, so he is older, um, and he's had his own injury problems. So um, it's a lot of lot of years, a lot of guaranteed money to give give to someone who you don't know who what it'll be like at age 38. But we've got evidence that elite pitchers can still be elite pitchers at that age and, and later. So also. Um, Rangers haven't been relevant in quite some time, and their biggest thing has always been pitching. They actually have a decent little lineup on that team. They've got some good young hitters, and uh, I've obviously, you know, I think you're going to need a little bit more than Degrom. I'm not quite sure off the top of my head how the rest of the rotation was last year, but well, they what, signed someone else too. Well, what I do, 
what I do know is that uh, they did can their whole uh, like pretty much pitching coach staff, and I only know that because one of my good friends who uh, pitched for uh, the Pirates and the Miners and stuff, one of my buddies that I hang out with weekly these days, I went to high school with him. He uh, is actually a pitching coach right now, and his uh, college coach is actually one of the scouts now or something like that for the Texas Rangers and actually gave him a call talking about like to get him an interview to be one of like the one of the pitching coaches out there for the Texas Rangers. So they definitely are going a new route with pitching, which is good. I mean, they've made a couple signings already and then they're going to get some new coaches in there. So who knows? Maybe it'll be a, a little bit of a turnaround here for the Texas Rangers. Yeah, because they're uh, they're not done. They've been spending money like every offseason. So they're just yeah. so deprived of, of talent that they need to keep doing it. Um, but yeah, I mean, DeGrom is maybe the most effective pitcher when he's going. So if you get him for 25 starts a year, that, I'd probably be happy with that. Uh, the next big signing is a uh, pitcher leaving the state of Texas to go to the Mets. Uh, Justin Verlander, two years, $87 million. So the uh, most ever per year. Um, just narrowly outdoing uh, Max Scherzer. Uh, and now they're aligned. Him and Scherzer will have these two years together. Um, two of the best pitchers of their generation. I would say they're second and third of their generation. There's a clear-cut number one in my mind, of course. Um, but it's funny mm-hmm. that they're it's all in on these old guys. Well, it's you know, funny they're letting they're... letting Degrom go and going with the forty-year-old. And like them, and them being reunited is kind of funny. Um, oh yeah, they did play, of course, on the Detroit Tigers team that had like five Cy Young winners or something at one point. Um, with all the guys they had, remember Doug Fister? What, what I guy? do actually remember that name. He was like a the tall, little, skinny guy. He <laughs> yeah. was he was actually pretty not solid. A, not at a times. Cy Young winner, but yeah, he was pretty he good. Had but some they had um, good moments. I forgot about him for sure. Yeah, Rick Porcello won the Cy Young. Oh yeah, it was weird, but. That was the when he came in and pitched for the uh, in that like when it was those first ever like sudden death games, oh, yeah. where it was the season was tied and they had the sudden death game and he was a rookie and he they pitched him against the Minnesota Twins and he beat them. I remember that. But uh, all right, we got a couple more signings here. Yeah, these aren't as high profile. Uh, Josh Bell leaving the Padres, go to the, the, the Cleveland Guardians, two years, thirty three million, um, just a, a bat. And like you said, with the DH. These type of guys will always get work now, whether he's going to slot in, play a little third, play a little first, play a little DH. I'm not sure. But um, the Guardians were a surprisingly good team, but they weren't a like power hitting, you know, clean the bases type of team. Um, and Josh Bell is that kind of guy. So add some power to lineup. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Andrew Heaney leaving the Dodgers going to the Rangers. So they're spending a little more money. I'm here. Two years, 25 million. Uh, Heaney was given a, a short deal last year for the Dodgers, and he pitched well when he pitched, but he didn't pitch the whole season. He was hurt multiple times, but um, he's a good pitcher when he starts, so I think that's a, a reasonable contract. Uh, then the last thing here, Cody Bellinger also leaving the Dodgers, going to the Cubs, one year $17 million, which did not think he was going to get. The Dodgers did not keep him because they, he, they knew he was going to get an arbitration around this number. And like he's just not worth it, um, so I'm, I'm surprised the Cubs decided to to go with this. The Cubs aren't going to be good this year, likely, and they had the money to spend. Um, I don't know, so why why even do it if you're not going to be good? Maybe they just have so much money. They're like, we'll just take these, yeah, do some little money guys. Maybe it'll be plate. fun having a, a higher profile name for MVP, um, or just play center field out there. I don't know, but 
Um, yeah, good for him to get some money. That'll secure your family for the rest of your life right there, $17 million. Um, so despite this like disastrous course of his career, um, it's nice to come away with $17 million right here. Yeah. Um, All righty. Well, shall we get into the main event of what's been going on? The big... Oh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm sure you've been watching, Tony. The World Cup? Yes. Good. Just want to make sure we're on the same page here. No, I, I actually have been watching. Have you actually been able to watch any of the games? Not a lick. You know, it's Christmas time, Tony. I've been watching Jingle All the Way and things like that. Well, okay. Well, just so you know, these games are on in the morning. <laughs> What's your point? Uh, good, good, good call. <laughs> well, I'll update you then here, Sean. So to start off, we are now in, I think when we left you guys last week, we were still they were almost... Play. We were still in group play, almost done. We knew, I think, just a couple of the teams, I think, that were moving on, or four. Yes. I think we knew the four. Yeah. We knew it was the Netherlands, England, USA, and Senegal, I believe, when we last left you guys. Well, since then, the first round of the knockout stage has been played, and it's been completed. But before we get there, we just want to name a few uh, teams that didn't make it. And I think we mentioned a little bit of it last week. It was Germany didn't make it to the knockout stage. Belgium didn't make it to the knockout stage. And Uruguay didn't make it to the knockout, knockout stage because South Korea actually scored a late goal against Portugal to give them a win instead of a draw, which actually is what moved on South Korea and eliminated Portugal. Uruguay. Uruguay, I'm sorry. Portugal is still very much in it. Portugal is very much in it. That's a little bit of a teaser there. But yeah, it's especially a surprise for Germany. I think they were like, what were they, third favorites or something like that? They were pretty yeah, high probably. up there. They're always um, so disappointing for them. I believe like all every team that loses that's supposed to – Make it to the knockout stage, just like fires everyone. They just blame and like because if they don't, there'll be like a riot in their home countries. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Like they take it way more serious than us. Like we're like maybe fire the guy. I don't know, but um, yeah, it's disappointing. I know some people like the Uruguay is a, a dark horse, and they uh, didn't even get the yeah. knockout stage. But one of the teams that did make it to the knockout stage was our United States team, and. Uh, I was hoping for a little bit better of a game. They have the 7 a.m. game, our time, Pacific time. And I uh, obviously on a Saturday morning, I was out the night before, but I was like, you know what? I really want to make it a thing where I can see this game. And I set my alarm for like, I was like, you know what? I can catch halftime. I can catch the second half. I don't need, I was like, maybe the first half will be zero zero. I can give myself an extra like half hour of sleep. Well, I looked at my phone. I just happened to wake up a little after seven by seven ten, It was already one zero Dutch. They scored early on. They ended up getting a late goal in the first half to go up 2-0. And then I did end up watching the second half. And USA actually made it 2-1 on a pretty crazy goal with about in about the 70-something minute, 75th minute or so. And then the, the Dutch just had a movement that just looked world-class. This is, in my opinion, this is where you could tell USA just wasn't quite at the level of what the Dutch are at. They just had this nice passing and then this beautiful cross that just led to their guy coming in on the like on the air and just smacked it home into basically an open net. They end up going up 3-1, and that would be the final score, eliminating the U.S. And uh, the Dutch will play Argentina next. So I'll just go over, like, we'll just go over, like, the the rounds here. So Argentina defeated Australia 2-1. to So they are now playing the Netherlands on December 9th, 11 a.m. Pacific time. These times will all be Pacific Standard Time. Croatia beat Japan on penalty kicks, which was the first game to even go in extra time, I believe, so far in the in the knockout stage. And Croatia won on penalty kicks 3-1, to one, and they are moving on to play Brazil, who easily handed South Korea. Neymar came back. The team looked good. They were up 4-0 at halftime, 1-4-1. to one, 
And that game is also on December 9th at 7 a.m. And then we had England, who made easy work of Senegal, which I think we all expected. They won 3-0. And then France made it look easy against Poland, winning 3-1. And England play France on December 10th. That'll be a really good game. So I believe, was this the final, the last World Cup? <clears throat> no, France beat Croatia last World okay, Cup. Okay, England, England was in the Final Four, though. Yeah, I think so. They lost. Uh, they might have honestly lost to France. Yeah. and uh, I remember them both being, France won last time, and I remember England making the yeah. Final Four. At least. So that's a good rematch. And then this is where things get exciting. Today, big upset. Morocco takes out Spain in penalty kicks. And I watched the, the penalty shootout, and it was... The Morocco goalie, man, you got to give him credit. He was talking to them. He was getting in their heads and he made three saves, which is incredible for soccer. Like, I think we talked about it last a couple weeks ago, how like it's penalty kicks is it's difficult for the goalie. Like they're just guessing. He made three saves. Spain just looked lost. Spain just, they went up there. All three penalty kicks looked flat to me. They just didn't look good. So Morocco moves on and they play Portugal, who looked very good today against Switzerland. They won 6-1. And a little bit of a story in this game was that Cristiano Ronaldo didn't start. He had some words for the Portuguese coach about uh, after his last game when they substituted him off in the 65th minute. He was upset about it, and you could see him mouth. He's trying. He's rushing to sub me out, or he's like trying to rush to sub him out because he just didn't want him on the field. And the coach caught wind of that, and Ronaldo's been having issues in uh, Manchester United also with the the coaching staff and stuff. So Ronaldo's just, I think he's starting to get to the point where he's not accepting that he's just not who he once was, unfortunately. Like he's still a very elite player, but he's not the world-class player he was even just two, three years ago. And let alone, you know, six, seven years ago. And I think it's getting hard for him to accept that. And teams are having to win. You know, at this point, he's more of a name than the guy. And uh, the guy that did start up front today uh, is the name Gonzalo Ramos. And I texted my cousin's husband this morning, right before I saw that happen. I have the text. It was at 1045. I said, which was 15 minutes before game time. I said, hey, this Ramos guy starting up front, he's good. He's a good young kid. People are about to know his name real soon here. I was like, wouldn't be surprised if he scores today. Well, he had a hat trick today. Three goals for Ramos. Easy Portuguese 6-1 win, which was impressive because Switzerland are a good team. Like Switzerland wasn't in the knockout stage by mistake. They're a very good team. So they move on. So this next game uh, is going to be really good, I think, between Portugal and Morocco because Morocco's defense has been incredible. Through four games, they've allowed one goal, and they said that only goal they allowed was to Canada, and it was an own goal. So they've only scored on themselves. They really haven't had an opponent score. So what's interesting about, I think, both these matchups, you probably don't think about it, but Morocco and Spain are basically like bordering countries. Okay. They're separated by like 10 miles at the closest point uh, in the uh, Mediterranean Sea there. One's in Africa, one's in Europe. Um, and then Portugal's right there as well. So like there were jokes about how uh, those two nations have battled so over the years and all this it's stuff. It's funny you say that because the guy that scored the goal for Morocco today that actually was the final penalty kick, they talked about how he was born in Spain actually. And they said how his mother was a, was a maid in Spain and his father was a street vendor in Spain. And how badly Spain tried to make him be on their team. But he was another one of those guys that was basically like, no, I'm going to do it for my my heritage country, like the country my family's from, like where I'm you know, from and whatever. And he had the game-winning goal. He's a good player. I think it's uh, Hakimi. He's on the – I believe he's on PSG still. He might be on someone else, but I believe he's still on PSG. 
but he's a he's a good player. He's a good defender. And uh, yeah, Morocco, Portugal should be good. And I've had this, I talked about this over the weekend to somebody, Andy. Now hear me out on this. If this ended up being the World Cup final, what if for the this World Cup, what if it was Argentina, Portugal, and you did get the Messi-Ronaldo final, and it would be both of their first times to win one. And honestly, it's going to be a tough road for both of them because someone has to get through Brazil, and then Portugal would have to get through France and England. And honestly, with all due respect, they have to get through Morocco also. But that would be a headline World Cup if it was Messi versus Ronaldo. And I, hey, it's possible. Argentina and Brazil have played each other tons of times if that ends up being the matchup just throughout the... Every time we do this thing, though, it never happens. Oh, I know. Like you're thinking like right now, like Brazil-Argentina, too. That would be crazy. Yeah. Two South American countries like that. Probably won't happen. <laughs> yeah, I know. Netherlands or Croatia play. Honestly, I can see the Netherlands playing spoiler. Netherlands have a very good squad there, but... Yeah, so the games are going to be uh, the 9th and 10th, which I believe that's got to be Saturday, Sunday? Or no, is that Friday? Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Even the fucking World Cup knows stay away from Sunday. You know? Yeah, that actually, that is true. They know what football day that belongs to. Yeah. Well, I think that's it for uh, World Cup talk. Well, yeah. college football. Yeah, uh, last last weekend of the season, real really. Uh, I, mean, I mean, there's, there's actually more weekends, but uh, the championship, conference championship weekend, um, had delivered some fun stuff. Some of the games weren't as fun, uh, but kicking us off with a great one. Well, for some people, not for a lot of people in this region, uh, Utah USC, which was, I think a good game for most of it. I mean, USC got off to a good start. It looked like they're going to roll Utah and then Caleb Williams had some, something of an injury and kind of destroyed his ability to run. Um, and then Utah just went on a big run and, yeah, and that was uh, by three touchdowns, I think, at the end. Yeah. Um, but it was a much closer game than that. It just kind of got away at the end there. Um, but USC were frauds the whole time. Um, sorry to be mean about it. I think That's the reality true. is they they were not a playoff type team. They're more of a probably eight to fifteenth ranked mm. team, which is still pretty good. Um, but they just happened to to luck out with the schedule, win some close games, and then when it came down to it, they just. I mean, they, they easily, if Williams didn't get hurt, they could have still won this game um, and then probably find themselves getting destroyed by Stetson Bennett or something. Um, they would have stood no chance yeah. against any of those teams. I mean, TCU maybe they could have competed with because I think TCU was similar to them where their defense was suspect, but they had a good offense. But Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, all the above would have absolutely handled uh, USC on the defensive side. Yeah, and then with USC losing, um, of course, that allowed Ohio State to uh, most likely move up into the rankings. We're not going to get to the actual rankings yet. Um, and then it, I don't know if it took pressure off TCU or not, um, but TCU played a tough game against us, Kansas State. Uh, went to overtime, and they ended up losing. But I think before even overtime was over, everyone was already convinced that, no, TCU is still going to be in it. It's fine. This was their would only be their first loss. They were undefeated. So... They were not going to drop below a two-loss Alabama. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's the way it happened. They lost. It was a big deal. The quarterback cried. Um, I don't know what was in their heads, if they thought they were going to drop out or not. But it seems like they must have. I'm not sure. I mean, they, they, they gave it their all. It was just not like a, like, we're going to relax type of game. Um, but, I mean, good for them. They, they had to come back to actually come back from 10 down, I believe, to uh, tie that game. Um yeah, and it was a big deal with the quarterback crying. Um, he did get um, confirmed that he's in the 
top four Heisman, I believe. Uh, yeah, he is. Who it was with Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, and then Stenson from uh, yeah. Georgia. So it's interesting. All quarterbacks, all quarterbacks and especially with uh, Bennett, just kind of seems like a a career achievement. He's 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 fun, good leader, and everything. But he's like twenty five years old, yeah, and he's really that's, not. That's what they were saying. That they said that uh, they showed him after they won the their conference, and he was smoking a cigar. And they said that he's the he's older than like, and they named like a list of high, of college. Uh, I mean, pro quarterbacks with like Joe Burrow to a like yeah, a handful like Lamar of guys. Jackson, he's, yeah, like Justin handful, Herbert. Like yeah, all these guys. guys. He's older than. Yeah, it'd be crazy. That I mean, when did Lamar Jackson win the Heisman Trophy? It was like six years ago at this point. Yeah, no, I don't. Um, but then those are the only kind of two interesting games, I think. Um, after that, Georgia rolled to victory. Michigan wasn't very close. Um, Clemson easily won, and then uh, Tulane won their conference as well. Um, so yeah, it wasn't like a whole lot of exciting football after that Kansas State TCU game. Um, and we all kind of knew where it was going, what what the rankings were going to be. Um, but if you don't know, here's what they ended up being. Georgia 1, Michigan 2, TCU 3, and Ohio State 4. And I believe they only did that so they didn't get a Michigan-Ohio State rematch. Yeah, I think for sure. I think we all know Ohio State is a one-loss Ohio State, I think, is better than a one-loss TCU, especially because Ohio State's was to Michigan, TCU's was to Kansas State. And uh, I know Ohio State got beat bad and they were at home, so I know that's the factor. But I think the biggest factor, Andy, and hit it on the head. They just didn't want to see the Michigan Ohio State rematch right away. But I'll tell you, I think that kind of that kind of hurts Georgia a little bit because Ohio State is definitely a good team. Ohio State can definitely, definitely put up with them. And I believe the opening spread was only six and a half points, which tells you right there that Georgia, with how dominant they've been, they're like saying, "Hey, you're not even a touchdown fully. We don't mm-hmm. think you're a touchdown better than Ohio State. Like this is going to be a solid game." So, well, remember, was it? I think it was two years ago. Um, Ohio State, Clemson, and Clemson was like pretty big favorites in that game. Trevor Lawrence's final game, uh, and Ohio State just yeah, they beat destroyed them. them. Yeah, and was like, oh, okay. Well, what are uh, Justin Fields is better than Trevor Lawrence, right? Do you uh, agree with uh, with this four? Yeah, it's fine. I, I do mean, too. I mean, I I would I think the it would have really caused havoc if Alabama with two losses would have jumped a one loss team, and only because also like. At that point, Alabama would have been possibly the favorite. And then you would have had to put Alabama at four. So you would have had the Georgia-Alabama matchup, and that would have just been crazy. I think it all resolved itself in two years, which is confirmed that they will move to the 18 playoff. I think they're going to do 12. 12, okay. They said a 12-team playoff, and they're going to give the first four teams a bye. Okay. I saw okay. that uh, strategy. They, so it'll be three, three rounds then if, they, if you're the fifth team. If you want, you would have to win three games, right? Yeah, hold on. I have it right here, actually. I was, uh, I saw it the other day where somebody had said if the season had ended right then and there, that this is what the playoff system would have looked like. So, had the season ended, like, had they doing the playoff system, this is what it would have looked like going into last week. Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC would have had the four buys. And then it would have been number nine Clemson versus number eight Penn State, number five Ohio State versus number 12 Tulane, number 11 Utah versus number six Alabama, and number seven Tennessee versus number 10 Kansas State. Honestly, it would be it would be exciting. I mean, it would definitely be. Yeah, it's, well, the rankings are definitely different now uh, since then. So 
Well, yeah, no, this was as if it would have been yeah. last week. But if we had that, it would, it would allow Alabama to make a run here. Um, I don't know if any other teams below there um, would be able to do it. Um, but there, there are some consolation prizes here. We've got the remaining four big bowl games. They have the six big bowl games that get rotated out. Um, oh, and also just to give you the schedule, uh, Christmas or not Christmas, New Year's Eve is when the playoff games will be played. Um, so one o'clock for the Fiesta Bowl, Michigan and TCU, and five o'clock for the Peach Bowl, Georgia and Ohio State. So Georgia does get kind of a home game right there, and that's nice for them. Um, but then the other big games are um, the Cotton Bowl, USC uh, getting in as the second uh, Pac-12 school. They get to play uh, Tulane. So that's kind of interesting. That I mean, Tulane gets a big bowl because they are uh, the winners of the uh, the AAC conference. But um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Is Tulane really like? Can they compete with uh, a big school? I don't. Sometimes the team that gets knocked out and has to play the AAC winner uh, kind of falls apart, and then they have a big game. So. Um, that'll be December second. So the following is that I think that's a Monday, which is weird. I think a lot of people will be going back to work. Maybe you that say day. December second or January second. January second. Yeah, January second is a Monday, In but twenty twenty three. Here's the thing, though. Is that the national holiday? Exactly, yeah, because Christmas everyone. falls on a Sunday. Look, I'm unemployed. I don't know. Things to eat anymore. <laughs> oh, Andy, every day is a Tuesday for you, huh? <laughs> but yes, that so that everybody will be off that day. And again, okay. it's what you said. They know. You don't mess with pro football. Pro football is a yes. no-no. You do not mess with pro football. So, so January 1st is a Sunday, which means the NFL games will be that day, which is going to be weird because New Year's is so synonymous to me with like you watch the, the, the Gator Bowl. Bowl or whatever, and then you got the Rose Bowl in the afternoon. It's just it's, it's gone, um, being replaced by the second. So um, the Cotton Bowl is at 10 a.m. though. So USC will be playing at 10 in the morning. I think it's a disadvantage to them there. Um, then we do have the Rose Bowl also that day, Utah and Penn State. Penn State definitely the beneficiary of this whole system. Uh, they they lost two games all year, and they were to Michigan and Ohio State, and they weren't close. Um, they took care of business against everyone else. Um, but by only losing those two games, they get that Big Ten spot because two Big Ten teams got into the playoff. Um, so that's what the Rose Bowl gets to pick, but they did decide to pick with the classic um, Big Ten Pac-12 matchup. So. Well, Andy, instead you're going to have to just – all these matchups on uh, New Year's Day. Some of the I'll just note a couple good ones since you can't see the your college matchups. I'm saying for the pro football on New okay. Year's Day. Yeah. So a couple good matchups. I'm just gonna say because I'm biased. They should call them bowl games too. Steelers Ravens, which hey Steelers are hot right now. You never know. We'll get into that. Uh, another good one. Dolphins Patriots could be a good one to watch on New Year's Day. Um, San Francisco and Raiders. The way Raiders are playing lately, you never know. Although there's going to be some big news about one of those teams coming here soon. Uh, Jet Seattle could be exciting. And then the Sunday the night Gino game. Geno Bowl, yeah. Here's the Sunday night game, Andy. You tell me if you think this will get flexed. It's got to be the Colts again or something. Broncos. No, I'm just going to start with this. I'm a, one, of them is the, one of the teams is the Chargers. But that's not the reason why I think it'll get flexed. They play another team. That is the reason why I think it might get flexed. Oh, it's Chargers-Rams. Yep. Yeah. Honestly, I, I don't know what game off the top of my head I think that would get flexed for. I would say it always depends. They always flex that Look, late in the season. Baker Mayfield's going to be playing in that game, so don't worry. Yeah. It'll be a great game. All right. We're going to get back to yeah, the big bowls here. The big bowls. Uh, so the other two big uh, bowl games are the Sugar Bowl, so Alabama and Kansas State. That's a New Year's Eve, 9 in the morning. Um, and then Tennessee Clemson, the Orange Bowl. That's a 
five o'clock on the 30th. So, um, yeah, with everything getting shuffled around here, there's a lot of big games on the 30th, which is the Friday. Um, and then 31st would be the Saturday. Um, and then I'm going to drop back to the uh, lower bowls, just some notable ones for me. Um, Oregon State had a nice season. Uh, they knocked off Oregon at the end of the year, but they still ended up finishing 12th or not 12th. Sixth, wow. sixth in the tw- in the Pac-12, um, and the Pac-12 has terrible bowl matchups. Um, that the Bulls think the Pac-12 is always shitty, and they had a good year this year, and it kind of fucks them in the end. So they're playing Oregon State's in the Las Vegas Bowl, uh, December seventeenth at eleven a.m. That is way early. That is like in a week, pretty much. Uh, they're playing Florida, who was only six and six. It sucks that this is the bowl that they get, which is like they should be in a better bowl. Um, also in the Pac-12, uh, we got Oregon, North Carolina, and the Holiday Bowl. Again, Oregon's probably a way better school than than North Carolina, um, but that's just the way the bowl matchups went out this year. Um, same thing, Washington, Texan, Texas in the Alamo Bowl. Uh, that's on December 29th. So Washington's a ranked team, Texas. Well, Texas is ranked too, but I think it's um, 12th versus 18th. Um, and then you got UCLA Pitt in the Sun Bowl, December 30th. Um, again, good season for UCLA, but didn't finish very high in the rankings despite a 9-3 record. And uh, they're going to El Paso. So how fun, right? Yeah, that's a bummer. You have a good year like that, and then you end up getting the Sun Bowl. Yeah, to play a 7-5 and five ACC team. Mm. It's like, uh, okay. That is crazy cool. how like that can happen. That You actually go from like, oh, my God, if they went out, they might be in the playoffs to here we are in the Sun Bowl against the seven and five Pittsburgh Panthers. Yeah, and you're always in the Sun Bowl. That's what these these bowl games, they all they they get locked in like that. And it's like, oh, god damn, we're going to the fucking Las Vegas Bowl again. <laughs> Shit. Or uh, I think Washington State's playing in the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. So good for them. Um, and I think next week we, we will do the uh, the bowl matchups because I do yeah. enjoy the sponsors yeah. so much. Well, let's do that next week because there's not a game between now and. Next week, there's Army Navy, but yeah, that's all right. Yeah, the first bowl game is the the seventeenth. It's like there's four games, and that is a Saturday. So um, next Saturday will be a week off, and then we'll be right back into college football again. So perfect. We'll have three weeks of college football after that. All right. Well, then it'll be over. Well, when college football ends, there's one place they want to go, Andy. The pros. The pros, exactly. Yeah. So let's start with the Thursday night game. The Bills beat the Patriots again. This is a one-sided matchup. Uh, the Patriots won that, I think it was a Thursday night game last year in that like snow game. Remember that one? Real terrible game. The Patriots Patriots threw the ball like two times. Oh, yeah. I actually year. remember hearing that when they were talking about how they said yeah. Bill Belichick actually, yeah, that epic thing where he yeah threw the ball less than like five times all game. And now they've played three times since, and it hasn't been really close. Um, the Bills got to 9-3, which is important. I will tell you why later. Uh, the Patriots dropped to six and six, and they're out of the out of the playoff spot right now, but they're still in the hunt. Um, also six and six now. The Los Angeles Chargers, uh, really bad. I I did not even want to watch this game when I heard that they were going to be missing uh, their two best linemen left on the team. <laughs> we're now <laughs> going to miss, and I'm like, ah, this is going to go bad, um, and it did. Uh, Chandler Jones coming into the game, half a sack. Did you know that? Mm-mm. Disastrous offseason move for the Raiders. They were so excited getting a second pass rusher next to uh, Crosby. Max Crosby. Half a sack coming into this game. Uh, he had three in the first half against the Chargers. <laughs> uh, I did watch that first half, and it was. I had a Joe. Uh, I almost called him Joe Herbert. I don't, I'm just making up names for him now because 
I'm so upset. But Justin Herbert had me, I think it was like two point something points in the first half, which maybe I should have been thankful I even had that much. I, I wouldn't start him rest of the season. It's, it's hard it's, not to. I got no one else. Go also, I only have one week left. I might not even make the playoffs. You gotta so. find guys. Who do I find? I don't have any time to find him. It's over. Yeah. I have to. You know what's funny about this? Now you've got me started on it. This specific fantasy league, it's with the guys from the wheel, uh, the wheel talks. It's with our good friends, Marty and Sonny. I'm in seventh place out of 10. Top six make the playoffs. Let me tell you something here, Andy. I have them, and Sean, I have the most points in the league by about 80 points. I looked at points against today because I wanted to like justify why am I not in the playoffs. There have been the most points have been scored against me. The second closest is about 120 behind me. That, that's the thing I don't like about fantasy. It should just be like a total point. It is. That's how my dad's league is, and that is how it should be because that's truly the best Head-to-head team. matchups because sometimes it's like, I had a good week, and then how'd that guy have 150? Oh, my God. Like Their third receiver had three touchdowns? Okay. Yeah, it's... But, yeah, uh, Herbert's not a good fantasy quarterback right now. The team is is in shambles. Um, I'm I'm proud of them for putting on a, a good fight. They could have won this game, possibly. Uh, they didn't, which made it three in a row for the Las Vegas Raiders. They're up to five and seven now. And they're, they're alive. They could win out. If you look at their schedule, they could win out. The Raiders? Um, their last game is against the Chiefs. Let's say the Chiefs have clinched the number one seed or something, uh, which is possible. The Raiders could win out. Yeah, it's uh, they're playing well, and I mean they've had some close losses this year. So I mean it's nothing. Nothing's ruled out. Nothing's ruled out at all. Yeah. Um, and then the other uh, LA team here. Uh, yeah. Not a horrible game for them, but they still lost. The Rams lost twenty-seven twenty-four against the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks required a uh, late last-minute touchdown to to win that game. Uh, what was notable in this game? Uh, John Wolford, I believe, is the guy. It was the starter. So they. Uh, Went with Bryce Perkins the last couple of games, mm-hmm. trying to see if there's anything that guy can do. No, I think after two games it was realized uh, that he's not that good. But neither is John Wolford, and now the Rams have maybe another new starter. Uh, they they picked up Baker Mayfield, who was cut yeah, by the Panthers. So uh, we'll wild see. to me that they yeah. did that. We'll see if he uh, he makes it to the field. They're saying could he even start this week, which is a Thursday night game. That would be crazy. I got a, a lot of uh, people going to that game. Uh, producer Luke is going to that game with yep. his season tickets, and he's taking a couple buddies of ours. And the um, only reason I'm not going is because he needs somebody to close up shop. And, <laughs> hey, that's all right. Then, you know, he needs me. I'm, my value is at the company. He's yeah. going to get there. They're going to tail They're trying to tailgate at, like, noon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it sounds fun, but I'll have to sit that one out until the Steelers are in town, I guess. Who are they even playing? Raiders. Okay. Yeah, they're probably not going to win. No, and you know the thing is that they always make a good point. Those games are like 75% Raider fans. And the fact that the Rams, I know for sure when it's Chargers, Raiders, it's like 75% Raiders. Rams, I would say it gets closer to maybe like 50, 55, 50, 60, 40. But because the Rams are doing so bad, definitely 75, 25 for sure this week. It's going to be all Raiders. You know who it also makes that almost a home a, a visiting game for those teams is when the Steeler fans come into town. Oh, it's Steeler, like every team. Steeler fans travel it's very well. every team. Yeah, well, Chiefs, Chiefs and Broncos as well. It's fucking miserable. Yeah. It's all the division teams. I've actually been to a Chargers uh, Chiefs game in uh, uh, San Diego. Oh, San Diego. Qualcomm, I think, yeah. right? Well, anyway, speaking of uh, the team that throws around those beautiful yellow towels, the Pittsburgh Steelers win again. They've won three out of four. They're now five and seven. And I believe they actually have a pretty winnable schedule coming up themselves. So um, what's notable is they have two games against the Ravens. And we don't know who the Ravens starting quarterback. We know for sure this week there's no Lamar Jackson. The next time they play him, which is on, I just read it, is on New Year's Day. He might be back by then. But the other thing is, though, is that I know the Panthers are in there somewhere, too. And, you know, 
I'm a Steeler fan. I'm a realist. All a realist. Also, I don't think Steelers are going to come back and make the playoffs, especially because the AFC has been so deep this year. If they were in the NFC, you never know. But AFC's just been too deep. Everybody's looking good. Everybody's like above 500. That's in the playoff picture. But I will say the biggest thing they keep talking about is Mike Tomlin has never had a sub 500 season. So obviously now it's an odd number of games. So they'd have to win nine games to make that happen. Can they win four of their last six? I mean, four of their last five. Is that what they would need to do? Yes. Yeah. I think it's possible. I think it's possible too. Because like I said, you got to, they're playing a banged up Ravens team. I know they're favorite against the Ravens this week. They have the chiefs in there. They, I mean, not the chiefs. I'm sorry. The oh, they play Watson, again. the Panthers. Yeah, they play Cleveland one more time and Baltimore. They've already played uh, uh, Cincinnati both times, so that's good because Cincinnati's hot right now. We'll get into that, but I think. Yeah, we will. But they're hot. But, yeah, so we'll see. I'm hopeful for them. I'm still enjoying them. I mean, they're they're a young quarterback. I like what I see, to be honest. That defense is still good. I love George Pickens. I even drafted him in a couple leagues, to be honest with you. I'm glad they got rid of Claypool because it's time for Pickens. He's their new star receiver. That's well, what the Steelers do. They Claypool rotate. Was a was a jinx on the team. The Bears haven't won since. Oh, really? And he got hurt. Yeah, and he fumbled too. I saw. Well, anyway, speaking of a different type of, uh, there's lions and bears. Oh my! I think there might be something else in there. Is it just lions and bears? Oh my! What does she say? Anyway, no matter what she says, here come the Detroit Lions. They put up forty points against another cat, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, big surprise for me. I was uh, talking about picking up random quarterbacks at the end of the season, fantasy season. I went with Trevor Lawrence this week, thinking he was going to have a huge day against a bad Lions defense. Uh, didn't really work out. He was okay, not the worst uh, guy there. But, uh, well, yeah, it was notable as the Lions put up 40 points again. They just they have a really good offense. It's surprising. Their, their line protects him. Um, they have a ton of rushing touchdowns. Uh, they are still in the playoff hunt. I don't think they're going to likely to make it, but they're they're still alive there um, after a pretty bad start. So um, that's all I have to say about Detroit. I think they're maybe on the way up, but yeah. So what I would also like to talk about with Detroit is that they were actually they're playing the Minnesota Vikings this uh, this week. They're at home. Minnesota Vikings are ten and two. Detroit five and seven. Detroit's favored. Last I looked, by two and a half points. And that just tells me, like, either they, either the market really believes in this Detroit team and is impressed by them. But more so, what that tells me is the market just does not believe in the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, Minnesota Vikings. I know we've talked about that their their uh, different their uh, point differential is not very good. They're, you know, and that that's the stuff that a lot of like the, and you know this, a lot of the smart guys, the analytic guys, the numbers guys, that's the stuff they look at. It's like, okay, you might be 10 and two, but in 12 games, you're 10, you have 10 wins and you only outscored your opponents by a total of eight points. You know, it's like, that's not good. So it doesn't surprise me. The Lions are favored and you never know. Maybe the Lions, if Lions win and they go to six and seven, all of a sudden they are going to be talked about for a playoff team and they get the Rams first round pick this year which is looking right now like it's going to be a top three pick. <laughs> so pretty wild right now. Good things ahead for this Lions future, I think. I've always low-key had a little crush on the Lions. I've always been like, I like seeing them do well. I, I like their coach. He's just got like that good energy. He seems like a really genuine good guy. And it's cool to see them actually starting to do well after a, a really bad start. I think they they must have started like 0-4, I think, or something. I think they're 1-6 one one one, or something. Yeah, so I mean, they've been, I don't know about 1-6 because they're, 
Uh, maybe. Actually, yeah, that makes sense because I know they won three in a row at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. They started one and one and six. One and five. No, one six. and six. I know. I'm just <laughs> testing you. And yeah, they got the Vikings left, then at the Jets, which will be tough, but if we could scroll down there a little bit, okay. And then it gets easy to end the season at Panthers, Bears, and Packers. Packers, Rodgers probably won't be playing by that week either. Or he'll want to play to be a spoiler. No. He wanted to play this week to fuck up the Bears. Well, that's because, yeah, he's very, for whatever reason, I don't know what happened to him in Chicago, but he hates the Bears. He hate the Bears. But you know what I always like? Because that always reminded me of Kobe. Even when they would play the Phoenix Suns long after the Steve Nash days when Phoenix was really bad, he always said, I don't care who's on that team. I hate them. And he would, I remember those years when the Lakers were winning the championships and Phoenix had like a the legacy last lives place on team. with Patrick Beverly. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding, huh? Patrick Beverly hates them too. <laughs> Did you see what he said? How he's like, I pushed, I pushed uh, Aiton down, and no one, no one cared because he's just calling out the sun saying, "Oh yeah, they hate, they hate Aiton." So, yeah, no one came to his defense. So yeah, eh. just a troublemaker. He's a troublemaker. But uh, speaking of troublemakers, Washington and New York, those are two troublemaking states. Washington's uh, not even a state, but that's all right. It's a, it's a district. They it's play district. in Maryland, I believe. So if you mm. want to technically. Well, it doesn't matter where they play because both these teams ended. Sean, you'll like this probably not, but maybe. Right now in the World Cup, there's been a lot of ties. Well, it came over to American football because the Giants and uh, Commanders tied this week at 2020. Unbelievable. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm all for it. I wish, there, I wish they didn't even have overtime. Just one ties. I like it. Honestly, I, have, I have that same rule for hockey. Don't even do that fucking shit. Just okay, so yeah, hockey used to end in a tie. Yeah, just do and that. And then again. like it, like 10, 15 years ago is when they added the shootout. But I don't know. I like the shootout for hockey, I think. Football, I'm okay with a tie, I guess. I just, if you didn't win and you don't get, you don't serve two points. So Okay, what's your theory, though, in, when it goes into over uh, playoffs then? Both you got to do something. I, yeah. I love hockey playoffs where it goes five oh, overtimes. Oh, I love hockey playoffs too. Midnight. 20 minutes of uh, uh, sudden death, dudes. Nothing's more exciting than sudden death. That's what the World Cup should do. I understand the reasons why they don't, but nothing is more exciting than sudden death yeah. except for football. I think if each you team should soccer, get a possession. sudden death would be literal. <laughs> yeah. But I do think everybody should get a possession in football. I do agree with that. Even if it's a touchdown, I think each team should get the chance in football. Because could you imagine if basketball was sudden death? How exciting that would be <laughs> overtime in basketball? Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, so that was uh, interesting in that it actually dropped Washington out of the playoffs because Seattle won as well. Um, so Seattle actually moved up ahead of them. Washington 7-5-1. Washington has a bye, and then their next game is against the New York Giants. And did you see? That next game already got flexed. Yeah. so It that, is the Sunday night game. That is kind of – it <clears> felt like Washington's like – all right, we got these guys next. We'll just hold on for a tie, That's, and we'll beat them then. Um, can you actually look at the Giants' schedule really quick? Because I saw, so, I heard something today that said people were saying that they think it's possible the Giants don't win again. And, yeah, they play the Eagles, and then they have to go to the Commanders, then they have to go to the Vikings. Home against the Colts could be the one, and then at Eagles. I mean, I I don't see two wins the there. Eagles will clinch by then, I think. But Honestly. they might be. But if Vikings keep winning, they're going to be fighting for the number one seed. Yeah. Because only one team gets a first round bye now. Yeah, but I think the Eagles have already have the head to head against the Vikings. So but hey, I'm two saying games the Eagles, ahead, Eagles could lose a couple games between them. They're only yeah, I guess I get what you're saying. You're probably right. You're probably right. But Andy, at that point though, are we? Who's to say a backup, a couple guys sitting for the Eagles? You think can't beat this Giants team? I think they could. I don't know who the backup QB is for Philly, but 
I feel like he could come in because it's not like everybody would sit. I mean, they're not going to sit like Sanders and stuff. They might sit. Oh, oh Gardner Minshew. That would be something. Yeah. That would definitely be something. Yeah, that team can still be. You, you don't rest everybody. You only rest like certain guys. So they would still, I think, give them a, give them some trouble. But anyway, actually, I guess, I guess the Eagles are the next thing to talk about. So yeah, the Eagles, speaking of the Eagles, they looked great. They scored a bunch of points. They beat the Tennessee Titans. And you don't see teams score over 30 too often on the Titans, but they did. I think it was, what, 38 to 10 or something like that? I think it went to 45. Oh, did it? I don't have it memorized. Let's see here. 35-10. So Andy and I were both wrong, but we did get the 10 part right. I knew it ended right. in a 5. <laughs> yeah, and I knew it ended. started with a 3. So <laughs> there we go. And uh, one of my favorite parts I saw about this, Andy, I don't know if you saw it. probably didn't because you don't really have social media because I saw it on Instagram, but there was a clip of, I guess the Titans owners were sitting, their box was like the Philly fans that were sitting in front of their box were turning around and flipping off the owners after AJ Brown scored, basically saying like, thank you guys for AJ Brown, who had eight catches, 119 yards, two touchdowns. I think the Philadelphia Eagles made sure that Brown went in there and had a good game. And he he made a hell of a catch, one of them in the end zone. That was a really good catch. It's that one actually that they're uh, previewing right there. But Eagles just, I, for whatever reason, I'm still I just still don't see them being the Super Bowl winners. They're eleven and one. They're having a great regular season, but I, I'm still not going to say they're going to win the Super Bowl. They might get there, but they're not going to win it. I don't think we need to make any predictions about it yet. Well, I'm just telling you what yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a uh, crazy how that worked out with uh, AJ Brown having the two TDs. Uh, the Titans fired their GM after this game, and that might be part of it. That might have been uh, the guy they were flipping off. Is so, he a younger-looking dude? I'm not sure. Okay. But, uh, Mike Vrabel, I guess, was very upset with that move that they made. Uh, the Titans, I understand why they made it. They got a first-round pick and basically got a bunch of uh, future cap flexibility. Uh, does that matter this year? Not as much. Um, but now that... Uh, their GM's out. Vrabel's probably going to have a little more power there to make personnel decisions. So um, it's too late. AJ Brown's already gone. Um, what is disappointing though for the Titans is that is the first round pick they got has played well when he's played. He just keeps getting hurt. Um, why am I blanking on his name? Let's Traylon see. Burks. Is he the one that got hurt? Oh yeah, he, he got hurt. You know, touched. Oh, he he like died on that touchdown catch. Yeah. He literally caught the ball in the end zone, got hit, got knocked out, and held onto the ball. It was amazing. <laughs> That was honestly truly something else. Somebody was saying like, in that situation, it's a good thing that your muscles tighten up when you get knocked out because they said that's what helped him hold on to the football. <laughs> maybe he's right, maybe he's wrong, but yeah. Well, Eagles still look good, but speaking of an offense that doesn't look good, the complete opposite, the Denver Broncos. Ugly game against the Baltimore Ravens. It was a 10-9 final. It seemed like... It was like three to six, six to like three, three, like all was, morning long. Yeah, the Broncos could only get three field goals. It was nine three with about two minutes left. The Ravens getting the ball back for their one final drive, and, and it's it, like there's no chance they can do this because a key part of that was that Lamar Jackson did get hurt in the game. Yeah, um, and it looked like there's no way Broncos first defense half. is too good. Ravens have too many injuries. Uh, that Ravens drive, I think there was like four penalties on the Broncos that kept it alive. It was just a miserable, miserable like mm. final drive. Um, and just kind of embarrassing for the Broncos. But um, I think I asked this question last week. Even though the Broncos does, don't have their first-round pick, is it worth tanking just for a higher second-round pick? Because this season has been so bad. Like, I don't – why Why even try at this point? It just whatever they do doesn't work, and it's miserable. So if you, like, pretend – like, if you just don't try, 
it's a lot easier to take than like a game like this where they did want to win this game at the end and they still <laughs> fucking lost. And and it had implications on the entire playoff race here that um, Cincinnati might have moved into first place. The Ravens would have been a wild card team. Well, at that point too, and I think the Steelers like, would have been like right behind Baltimore. Yeah, it now allows Baltimore a little bit of cushion that they can lose a couple games with Lamar out and then still make a run at the end here. Um, but yeah, that is a concern. They're not going to be able to make a a true like playoff run without Lamar and um, if this injury is bad remember the guy did not sign an extension he is a straight up free agent this year Ooh. is he going to lose any money off of this injury probably not because probably tell. not a real big deal but yeah I think he said he's just day to day or a week to week I mean but uh, speaking of another quarterback that's missed some time Deshaun Watson came back and they had him <laughs> This this I don't know if it's the NFL schedule or what what it was, but savage that they made Watson's eligibility come back on the road against Houston. Honestly, kind of wild in my opinion that Cleveland let him start that game just because the hostility. Because I was told, Andy, I don't know if you know this, that all the women that or most of the women, I'm not gonna say all of them because I can't confirm if all of them were there, but the lawyer that like defended a lot of those women bought them all tickets to be at that game. So they were all in a section or whatever, and he looked against obviously his former team, the Houston Texans. He did not look good. He didn't look very good. I mean, they won the game, and Houston, I think, is clinched that they're the worst team. Oh they no, are they definitely so are, and he didn't look good. And you have to wonder, like you know, a little bit in that and of that in his head. I mean, that's got to be difficult to deal with. I mean, but yeah, Nick Chubb didn't look good either, which is upsetting because it's like, as a fantasy owner of Nick Chubb in two leagues, I'm basically like, bring Brissett back. Because, I mean, if this is what Chubb's production is going to be with Deshaun Watson yeah, And in you're there, thinking, okay, against a bad defense, Watson, Watson his first game, he's going to have a huge thing. I don't know. It was pretty miserable. Yeah, <laughs> like you said, Cleveland probably should just go with uh, Brissett yeah, the rest I don't, of the year. I, I, I will understand if you were like, I don't know, eight and four or something like that, seven and five at the time, and you bring him back in, but... They're like four and they're like five and eight or something, or like four and eight or whatever, four and seven, whatever they are. I think they're now time. five and seven with that win. So they're they're alive, uh, yeah. but probably not really alive. Um, but yeah, pretty miserable. Um, the next game was kind of the game of the week, or billed as the game of the week, and it was a good game. Uh, but just it's a little bit of shock here. Uh, San Francisco 49ers taking on the Dolphins. Um, the game started out with. Uh, Tua hitting a 75-yard pass. Which Literally the first play of the game. The story coming into the game was, okay, Tua now finally has to face a real defense. What is he going to do? First play of the game, huge play. It's like, wow, we were all wrong. Tua has ascended. Uh, the rest of the game, not as good for uh, for Tua there. And it seemed like all the doubters maybe um, can gloat about this one. But that's not the story of this game. The story is on the first drive, Jimmy Garoppolo hurt his foot. Um, he is out for the rest of the regular season. Um, announced today that he could possibly come back for the playoffs. Yeah, it's a, it's a broken foot. And uh, they brought in Purdy, who, for whatever reason, I don't even know why, he's, he's nicknamed Mr. Irrelevant. So Mr. Irrelevant is the last person drafted in, in the draft. Oh, okay. It's actually um, an organization located in Newport Beach. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like a big so deal. Mr. Irrelevant, a.k.a. Purdy, what I don't even know his first name. Brock. Brock. I knew it started with a B. I almost said Brandon, but I wanted to hold off because I didn't want to be wrong. Brock Purdy. I know he played at Baylor, though, right? Am I right about that? No. Iowa State. Iowa State. Wow, that was my fifth guess. But uh, anyway, he uh, 
came in. I guess he did all right. I don't even know what his numbers were, but I know they won the game pretty handily. I think it was like 33 to 18 or something like that. So they ended up uh, winning the game. And uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think he can hold, keep the boat afloat up until uh, the playoffs, but it's going to be difficult. I mean, I, I had the 49ers with Jimmy G as the best team. Honestly, is my f- team that I thought could win the Super Bowl. Without him, I don't know. It's going to be tough. I mean, they still have the great ground game. They have the good, you know, they have good playmakers. They have a really good defense. But, you know, if he goes on the road, if someone like this guy goes on the road against Philadelphia or even in like Dallas, honestly, even in Tampa Bay, I think it's going to be difficult for him. So, you know, maybe hopefully Jimmy G comes back for their sake, but I, I doubt it. I don't know. I think it's going to have to come down to this. But, hey, guys like Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson have won the Super Bowl before with quarterbacks that uh i mean uh, defenses that have helped them lead the way so maybe he's just got to get do enough to help them win we'll see what do you think i'm just focused on looking up mr relevant uh mr relevant corporate offices are only four and a half miles from us right now oh, wow. if you guys gonna you might hit it up i don't know what what even is this place it's just like an office they host like a banquet and they're the ones that gave the nickname mr relevant interesting they're doing it at the cannery. Oh, wow. All righty. Well, anyway, moving on to a couple relevant quarterbacks. Joe Burrow faces off against Patrick Mahomes, and he beats him again. Does that make Joe Burrow undefeated against Patrick Mahomes? Or have they played multiple times? I mean, he's won three in a row, I believe. So oh. I don't know if undefeated, but I mean, this is probably. only like his third season. How many yeah. times did the Bengals play the Chiefs? They can't play them that many times. It's the third time in less than 12 months. Yeah, well, one of them was playoffs. I actually though. said technically three times in the year of 2022. Okay. Uh, beat them at the end of last year and then uh, in the playoffs and then this year. But, yeah, well, anyway. the He's the only guy to beat him three times, I believe, though. Okay. In history. I believe that, other than his father. <laughs> That's a joke. I don't know anything about that. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, though, they win. They're looking good. They're getting healthy. Joe Mixon didn't play, but Jamar Chase came back. The Bengals team is starting to get scary again. They're starting to look like, and I feel like this was around the time. I know I said this a couple weeks ago, around the time of the year when they got hot and they let it go into the playoffs. So I mean, the AFC is going to be fun playoffs, man. You're going to have the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals. All three of those teams, I think, are definitely Super Bowl worthy. So it's going to be a good playoffs. And then, you know, will another team be able to play spoiler? Will the Ravens be able to play spoiler? You know, will someone like the Dolphins be able to play spoiler? You know, you don't know. It's going to be exciting to see. But, uh, yeah. The Jets. Yeah, the Jets. You never know. I don't think they have the offense to play spoiler, but I could be wrong. But uh, here's another team that's uh, – this game was crazy. Did you watch the Sunday night game between the Dallas no. Cowboys and the Indianapolis Colts? I actually did watch the game. It was 21-19 to 19 going into the fourth, and the Dallas Cowboys – they did what I th- expected them to do throughout the game, and that was going to be put pressure on Ryan and make him turn the ball over, and then that's what happened in the fourth quarter. This was like a college box score. The Dallas, or uh, game summary, whatever you want to call it, Dallas Cowboys outscored the Indianapolis Colts 32 to nothing in the fourth quarter. You do not see that in the NFL in any quarter. And ended up winning the game 53-19, to I believe was the final, right? 53? Sounds right. Yeah. We'll go with that. 53 to 19. And they, uh, 54 19 was the final. They outscored him 33 nothing in the fourth. I was wrong by one point. But Cowboys look good. I mean, I know it's against Matt Ryan. He's got like the most turnovers in the league this year, but defense is good. And I always commend the Cowboys because they just go at such a smooth pace. They 
they'll be down by eight, like seven points, whatever. And they, they still go with their ground game. They still do their passes. You know, they, they did good, but the Cowboys looked good and uh, they're going to be someone to reckon with. They're the real deal in the NFC. And uh, should we close it off with the final game of the week, the Monday night game last night? Do you? I, I know you probably didn't watch that one, right? Because you specifically told me you didn't want to see Brady win again. And you know what's funny, Andy? So anyway, I'm going to go quick backstory. I texted Andy last night or yesterday afternoon, whatever it was, and just asked him, hey, do you plan on watching the Saints-Buccaneers game tonight? Because if not, if you do, I'll come over, have a couple beers, watch the game. And he's like, oh, no, I can't stand watching Tom Brady, which I've known about Andy for a long time. He's like, I can't see Brady win again. I'm like, all right, that's fine. At one point in the fourth quarter, it was 16-3 to New Orleans with about five minutes left, I would say, when Tampa Bay probably got the ball back down 16-3. And I almost texted Andy and was going to be like, hey, you could have watched Tom Brady lose tonight, but I didn't because I know better. And sure enough, Tom Brady, two touchdown drives. They win the game. Saints lost that game too because on a third and long, when the Saints had the ball, a first down would have iced the game. Dalton made a perfect throw to Taysom Hill in the middle of the field. He had it in his hand and a late hit on the play, knocked the ball out last minute. And they ended up punting it away and you gave it to the greatest quarterback of all time. And he marched the field and they won the game with, was like eight seconds left or something like that. I think like even like four seconds left. It was very small time and Buccaneers won the game 17, 16. It was actually one of the better Monday night games, even though it might've been a little bit of an ugly fashion, but because it was an ugly game, 17, 16, but good game. Nonetheless. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. So I was not watching the game, but I did look at my phone and saw the 16 to three. I said, ah, good decision. Shitty game, shitty Mm. division. Um, And then when it was 16 to 10, I'm like, all right, I'll turn this on. There's four minutes left or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, got there just in time to see the uh, Taysom Hill drop uh, and then see the Tom Brady's big drive, which um, it looked like it was going to fall short. They got a they got a touchdown. It was called back on a holding. Um, and it was like, well, this is going to be tough. They're going to need 15 yards in 15 seconds or something like that. Um, they did it, though. So I don't know. Another, I think it was the... He now passed Peyton Manning for fourth quarter comebacks. Yeah, which is like did say he passed. Good for you, Peyton Manning, because Tom Brady's obviously played a lot more games at this point now. Yeah, Um, but yeah, just it's infuriating. Yeah, my my roommate, I think, I think they also showed a stat that said that it was only his second time or something like that coming back from being down thirteen points in the fourth, late late in the game, fourth quarter, whatever it was. And my roommate was shocked about that. I'm like, why are you that shocked? I was like, he's he was hardly ever he's hardly ever behind that much late in the game. And also, it's tough to come back by two touchdowns late in the game. Well, especially in the in the fourth quarter. But that's the way to do it is be down 13. <laughs> down 14 is a lot harder. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, they had to make a point. The last time he did that was against the Falcons. And it's like, I feel bad for Falcons fans. So that'll they'll never, they'll never go away. <clears throat> they'll talk about the game forever. So, too bad. Hey, but the Bucs still suck. Not a great game, right? One by one at home against. Yeah, I was about to. Yeah, I was going to say like that inspiring. I I honestly thought they were going to be five and seven when we did this podcast, and I was going to come on here to admit how like a few weeks ago I was like high on the Bucks again, like oh I think they're back, and then I was going to be sitting here to say I'm wrong, and I will come back and still say I'm wrong. I didn't realize the Buccaneers are averaging under twenty points a game, and you've seen some of the throws Brady was trying to make downfield. He just can't do it anymore. He's like it's like Ronaldo, like we talked about earlier. It's just. Father time's undefeated. And it's these guys that it's unfortunately they're just not as good as they once were. And 
you know, the thing is, the difference I can tell here between NFL and soccer is that these NFL coaches will bend over for when Brady yells at them, but soccer coaches don't. And I, maybe that is just the the personalities between Americans and Europeans, but the, the European coaches are going right at Ronaldo. They're basically like, oh, you want to talk like that to us? You're benched. They would never bench Brady for like getting pissed off. So just different cultures, different stuff, but two great players that we've had the pleasure of watching that are unfortunately coming down to their final moments. And I think that'll, uh, speaking of final moments, I think this is our final moment here on the sports podcast. Absolutely. All right. Well, you've been listening to episode 300 of the Tony Steak Podcast. I'm Sean, and join with me. We had Off-Road Andy. Bye. Somber Andy and Tony Katz. Yes, goodbye. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later.